Good morning. And thank you, Katya, for, for introducing me. Kathleen Kuntaroff is my short name. My complete name is Kathleen Hanayanti Libijaya Kuntaroff Likimhua Lichinghua. So I have Chinese name, and I have also English name. I have Indonesian name. But we, I'm happy that we belong to an international church. Well, the topic assigned to me this morning is about reach across with Jesus. A story was told about Grandma Sally, who was very excited because she had the first great-grandchild. And so she was really, really excited to be able to live that long to witness the first great-grandchild. After a few weeks, the parents of this child needed a break. And so they said, Grandma, can you take care of the baby? Sure. So she was excited to take care of the baby. And so she told her friend, which is uh, Grandma Gertie. So Grandma Gertie also came over and she said, you know, I really would like to see that little cutie. But then she said, not yet. They keep on talking, talking. And after a while, after five minutes, she said, come on. You're so excited to show me your little great-grandchild. How come this is already five minutes and you're not telling me? You're not even showing me. Wait, not yet. What are you waiting? I'm waiting for her to cry. Why? Because I forgot where I put her. <laughs> As we grow older, there's a tendency for us to forget things. However, God does not want each of us present here to forget that we are one by creation and one by redemption. And therefore, we have to reach out to others, regardless of their background. You know, Julia Neuberger was one of the first two females rabbis in the United Kingdom, who was the Prime Minister's champion for volunteering from the year 2007 to the year 2009. And he, she wrote in The Guardian on January 2, 2010. Here's what she wrote. One change I'd like to see in the coming year is a move away from social networking sites. The rise of MySpace, Facebook, LinkedIn, and the rest has been an important cultural shift for the last decade. And with many of us using the web to make their so-called friends and meet the possible partners. There's nothing wrong with that in principle, Provided they realize that the internet, however much it has transformed our lives for the better, it is no substitute for meeting people, getting out there, and making friends. Those sites can only make initial connections. They cannot begin to develop the depth of the real friendships of real connectedness. We human beings are social creatures. We need other people to sustain us, and other people need us to sustain them, particularly old, lonely, and vulnerable people, or the young, frightened, and uncertain. And this is being written in The Guardian on January 2, 2010. 
Yes, reaching across to others is a vital factor in the health of individuals and the health of the society. That's why we at the General Conference Health Ministry Department, we have put a holistic prescription of health using the acronym CELEBRATIONS. C stands for choices, E stands for exercise, L stands for liquids, E stands for environment, B stands for belief, R stands for rest, A stands for air, T stands for temperance, I stands for integrity, O stands for optimism, N stands for nutrition, S stands for social support. We need social support. And is that biblical? When you look at Romans 14 verse 7, it said, for none of us live to himself and none of us die to himself. When we are alive, we need friends. And we are dead, we need also friends. Because who is going to bury you? So we need friends, according to the Bible, as we are alive as well as we are, as well and when we are dead. You know, no man is an island. We cannot live in isolation. We need each other. We really need to reach across to each other while we are still alive. You know, when I read the text in John 13, verse 34, it says, A new commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And I thought to myself, why? Why a new commandment? You know, way back in the Old Testament, there is already a commandment to love God and to love one another. The Ten Commandments, the first commandment is to love God wholeheartedly. And the last one is to love man wholeheartedly. So I said, why is it so new about it? Then I found out, actually, the word new commandment is because it stated that, as I have loved you. Jesus came all the way from heaven to come down to this earth to show the meaning of how to love one another as I have loved you. That is the key of it. Now, how did Jesus love others? When you look at uh, Luke 9, verse 52 to 56, you know how Jesus handled James and John. You know, at that time, Jesus was about to go to Jerusalem. And then he sent messengers ahead of him on the way they entered a village of Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the Samaritans did not welcome him because he determined to journey to Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they said, they were so upset. They said, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? See how tempered, how hot-tempered it is. To call fire from heaven to consume them so that they will be killed. But what did Jesus say? Jesus turned back and rebuked them and said, They don't want to receive us. Let's go to another village. See, Jesus was full of compassion, even though John, the son of thunder, has a lot of witness, until John became the John of the beloved. See how compassionate Jesus treats other people. And look at the way how Jesus handled Peter. You know, when you look at uh, Luke 22, 
verse uh, 54 till 62, Peter denied Jesus how many times? Three times. And yet, what was Jesus' reaction towards his denial? When we look at it, he says it, Then the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Look with full of compassion. And so Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crocks today, you will deny me three times. There was no anger in Jesus' face. Jesus looked at Peter, and Peter wept. See how compassion Jesus is. You know, the psychologist Abraham Maslow observed that reaching across to others with love is as essential to the growth of human beings as we need vitamins, as we need minerals, as we need proteins. It is interesting that uh, when God says we need to love each other and do good to each other, that means it's not only helping the person that receives the love of God through us, but it's also helping us to be healthy. Science has uh, discovered that supporting others not only benefits the receiver, but it also benefits the giver of love. Now, ever since uh, Dr. Robert Ardra defined the psychoneuroimmunology field, there are many, many studies done to show how the positive impact of supporting others, be it to the animals, such as the rats or the pigs or the rabbits, then they saw also the positive impact of supporting babies, psychotic patients, and normal people, even on pregnant women with their unborn fetuses. Let me share you a study. This was the first study that was, way, that was done way back in 1972. It was a study that shows the impact of reaching across to others in loving social support and the outcome of pregnancy and childbirth. And this was conducted among the U.S. Army wives at the military hospital. And it was published in the American Journal of Epidemiology. So what they did is all these pregnant wives of the U.S. Army were given questionnaires before their six months of pregnancy asking as to how much emotional and psychological support they had, knowing that the majority of their husbands were outside always defending for the country. Now, as they followed this woman all the way to their delivery time, here's what is the result. They found out that women who reported many life changes during the years preceding pregnancy and who did not report much emotional and psychological support had three times as many complications of childbirth as those who had more support. Three times more complications of childbirth. So we can see that loving support, reaching others in a very kind manner, especially to pregnant women, benefits the delivery of their babies and also benefits the pregnant woman itself because of the lesser complication. However, this is only one study. You know, to be evidence-based, the study has to be repeated every time and it always gives the same results. So, 
In the Columbia University, there were two doctors, Drs. Hoffman and Hatch. They both reviewed 144 studies that was being done on pregnant women to see whether they are really impacting them and the child in the womb, and the fetus in the womb. So, they, here's what they found out. Reaching out in loving support improves baby's weight and have higher APGA score. You know, APGA score is a score that was developed by Dr. Virginia Apgar that somewhat describes uh, the overall condition of the baby. So as doctors and as uh, nurses, as soon as the baby is born, we always do the scoring. And uh, so we see whether the child is crying or not, and whether the child is, uh, you know, active or not, uh, whether the heart rate is good or not, whether the color is blue or pinkish, and whether the muscle tone is limping or active. And so if the score is high, that means the babies have pinkish color and are active and start crying right after birth, which shows they are healthy babies. And they found out that these mothers who are being supported in their pregnancy, they have healthy babies and have high upgrade score. And also they found out another thing. When the mothers have loving support during their pregnancy, then they also will have fewer and lesser labor complications and do not increase the risk of premature birth. And also if the mother, pregnant mother, is being supported in a loving way, then they experience less postpartum depression. I said, what an outstanding impact of giving love to others. It's not only impacting the woman that is pregnant, but it's also impacting the babies that's still in the womb. That is so outstanding. But you know, human beings usually are selfish, they said. Okay, it is good for the receiver, but what about me? Is it good for me or not? Is it good for the giver of the living support or not? Now, let me share you another study. This study was uh, reported in the American Journal of Cardiology. And it is called the Cardiac Arrhythmia Suppression Trial. It's, it's called, in short, the CAS study. And this was, study was done by uh, two doctors, Drs. Friedman and Thomas. And they believe that some people uh, like to give their loving support to the pets, to the animals. They said if to the person, sometimes the spouse talk back and it irritates them. But if we are kind to the animals, the animals do not talk back. So <laughs> this is a study on how to see if the love that they provide to animals are really giving them healthier state of mind or not. So what they did is they selected men and women who had sustained a heart attack and who had irregular heartbeats were among the groups that are being included in the study. Survived during heart attack and they have heartbeats. And you know, when I look at the results, it's interesting. It's really interesting. One out of 87, which is 1,1% who own dogs, died during the study. That means the only 1.1% that can provide loving support to the dogs, that do not talk back to the dogs, died. But 19 of 282, that means 6.7%, who 
who did not own the dogs, who did not have the opportunity to provide loving support to the dogs, died during the study. Can you imagine? Six times as many died because they have no dogs to provide their loving support. Now, at that time, they experimented two drugs, the enconite and the flecantite. And they found out that these two drugs, in fact, actually increased cardiac death, that the study had to be stopped prematurely. Now, let me tell you, if these two drugs have been known to decrease the cardiac death by six times, virtually every doctor in the country will promote these two drugs. But yet, how many have received the prescription from your doctor the last time when you visit him? The only way to make you healthy is to provide love, either to your pets or to your family or to your dogs. Imagine, we are asked to reach across to others with Jesus. What does this mean? What does this mean to reach across to others with Jesus? That means we need to be genuinely reaching across others when we contemplate the life of Jesus. I come here. I want you to love one another as I have loved you. We need to complete it. How did Jesus love one another? And how did Jesus even willing to die to, at the cross to save each one of us? You know, as I read The Desire of Ages, page 83, is it, it would be well for us to spend a thoughtful hour each day in contemplation of the life of Christ. We should take it point by point and let the imagination grasp each scene, especially the closing events. That means the crucifixion time. And as we thus dwell upon His great sacrifice for us, our confidence in Him will be more constant and our love will be quickened and we shall be more deeply imbued with His Spirit. Now, you know, I come from a country in Indonesia where we are not like the Philippines where they have that time when you can go and watch the crucifixion once a day, I think. So I, I, I do not know how. How can I grasp the point, point by point, how the victims go through the crucifixion so I went over to see what was actually the, the practice of the Roman execution. There, there are many, many things that happen to a victim who has to be crucified. And one of them is scourging. And it says here, flogging was a legal preliminary to every Roman execution. And only women and Roman, uh, and Roman soldiers, uh, uh, Roman senators or soldiers were exempted. The usual instrument was a short whip, we call it the flagrum, with several single braided thongs of variable lengths, in which small iron balls or sharp pieces of sheep bones were tied at intervals. As Roman soldiers repeatedly struck the victim's back with full force, the iron balls would cause deep contusions and the leather thongs and sheep bones would cut their skin. Pain and blood loss generally set the stage for circulatory shock. The extent of blood loss may well have determined how long the victim would survive on the cross. 
If they have a little blood loss, they stay longer on the cross. If they have a lot of blood loss, they will die quickly. Now, when they stay longer, you see, the Roman soldiers have to cut, break their bones. That's why the Mayo Clinic, clinic says it's called crucifixion. Because as they, as they cut the bones, they were not able to, to breathe anymore. There's no extension. They cannot pull up. And so, as a result, they will die because of asphyxia. And let me show you the graphic. This is an illustration what the procedure of scourging was. And Jesus was no exception. He was tied to the pole, and they scorched him. And this is the way they scorched him. You see the lines here, scourging like that. I say, oh, goodness me, how Jesus had died for me. And it is at this stage when it, the, the victim was bleeding, they were asked to carry the crossbar. You know, the crossbar is about 75 to 125 pounds. The whole cross is about 130 pounds. You know, I, as I read the Mayo Clinic study on what crucifixion is, I truly feel that this is really an excruciating experience. Now, for Jesus, he, was, he, he did not carry the cross, but Simon Chirena carried the cross. And as they go to the place where the victim has to be crucified, what they did is they throw the victim to the ground as the transfixion was being made for their hands. So can you imagine the lacerated wounds was contaminated with the dirt of the ground? And as they fixed the, the, the uh, hands, you know, we always see the pictures that they fix the hands here. But when I read in the Mayo Clinic study, it's not here. It's here. It's between the carpals and the radius. And this is where the large sensory motor neur uh, median nerve is. So can you imagine as they fix that five to seven inches of nail through this, it hurts the median nerve. And it caused excruciating bolts of fiery pains through these two hands. And then as they fix the two feet, it has to be on top of one another. And according to the Mayo Clinic study, it is usually put in between the first or the second intermetatarsal. And there's a very big nerve there, the peroneal nerve. And its branches, the medial and later, uh, lateral plantar branch, so as they hit with a big five to seven inches of nail, it's an additional excruciating pain. But you know, look at what the desire of ages says. The desire of ages says, while the soldiers were doing their fearful work, Jesus prayed for his enemies. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What a loving God. No wonder we are asked to contemplate on the last sin so that by beholding, we become changed. We can become changed to be a loving person to each other. We can reach out to others regardless of their doings to us. We don't only reach out to others because of their unkindness to us. We reach out to others even though they are bad to us. And every time when people gossip about me, I say, oh, it's nothing. Nothing compared to what Jesus has gone through. 
Nothing compared. I was not being put off. I was not being spat. I was not being nailed to the cross. That's nothing. I can forgive them. Just like Jesus has forgiven. What a loving Jesus. And you know, how could we reach out to, across to others? The Bible has many, many verses how we can specifically reach out to others. Love one another. It says, forgive one another. Accept and receive one another. And pray for one another. And comfort for one another. And fellowship with one another. Be kind to one another. Show compassion to one another. Be hospitable to one another. And, uh, you know, be hospitable to strangers. This is in the uh, Old Testament. And do not pass along false reports. That means do not gossip. Do, do what is right. Honor your parents. Respect your neighbors. Love your neighbors. Now, without contemplating Jesus' great love in our lives, then we will be just like the hypocritical Pharisees. We're just trying to be nice to people. Happy Sabbath, happy Sabbath. But inside our heart, hmm, you are poor. Hmm, you are uneducated. Hmm, you are ugly. You are poor. I'm rich. What are we trying to fool? God sees right into heart. And we cannot fool ourselves too. Because when we hate a person, we can feel the palpitating of our hearts. So God wants us to be genuinely, genuinely reach out to others with the spirit of Jesus Christ. Now, let me tell you, at the foot of the cross is a level ground. There's no rich, there's no poor. There's no educated, there's no uneducated. There's no pretty person, there's no ugly person. We all have the same price tag, the blood of Jesus Christ. And therefore, we can genuinely reach out to others. And it's my prayer today that as we fellowship with our people, with our friends in this health summit, we can reach out to others as the compassion of Jesus so that we can glorify His name. This is my prayer. This media was produced by Audioverse for the NAD Health Summit. If you would like to learn more about the NAD Health Summit, please visit www.nadhealthsummit.com or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.